welcome to this episode of Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I am your host, Ryan Doze, and today, I usually say we have a fantastic episode for you. I'm not going to lie, though. We have a odd episode for you today. This is an episode that I was really hesitant to share with you all, uh, but I'll be honest with you. Here's how the story went. A few weeks back, from the time that this is hitting your ears and you're enjoying this, I had a conversation with two fantastic podcasters over at the show Marvel by the Month. Go check them out. They promote all their stuff at the end of the episode, so I'll let them do that in a much more eloquent way. Uh, But go support them over at Marvel by the Month on uh, podcasts and social media and all that. I reached out to them because I've been listening to their podcast for a while now, and they do an awesome thing where, like the title of their podcast would make you assume, they go through the history of Marvel Comics one month at a time. It is insanity. It's crazy. They've committed to a bonkers idea, but they do it so well. Brian Stratton and Rob Milne over there at Marvel by the Month do a great job of breaking down comics, and they've done a lot of talk about our guy, the mighty Thor. So I reached out to them and I wanted to have a conversation with them because they just do such a great job there. And when we uh, got on the recording, uh, yours truly, old old Ryan here, he did not press record on the first 40 minutes of our conversation. And I lost that entire section of the podcast. I felt like a bonehead. I felt like I had made a mistake. I, I thought of giving up podcasting altogether. Not really. But it, it, it was a bummer. I'll be honest. I, I, didn't, I was not a fan of myself after that happened. And I contemplated um, maybe not even sharing the rest of the conversation that I was able to record. I was able to get about 24 minutes of the back uh, of our conversation, really the last issue of our breakdown today. And it took some time. Uh, I, I, I received counsel and wisdom uh, from people who are much smarter uh, than I and the guys from Marvel by the Month. And I decided, you know what? We're going to piece this together. We're going to do it because I want you to hear Brian and Rob talk about comics. They're awesome and uh, they are worthy of your attention and your time here on the podcast today. So here's what we're going to do. I am going to, by myself, solo, fill in the gaps that we missed. So you won't hear Rob and Brian introduce themselves, uh, but you will hear them uh, talk about the last issue of our discussion today, and then they'll tell you all about Marvel by the Month at the end. I would encourage you, if you want to know more about Brian and Rob and you want to learn more about them, go listen to their show. They talk about uh, they talk about their life. They talk about what's going on with them. They talk about their love of comics all the time. So if you want to fill in those gaps yourself, go over to their show and they would love to tell you about it on really any episode. So I will cover the first two issues of our throwback today and then myself and the guys, we will do the last issue uh, and we'll kind of chop this up together and we'll see if you enjoy it. Uh, I didn't want you to miss out on this. So without further ado, dear listener, here is my conversation with myself, but also with Brian and Rob, the men who make up Marvel by the month. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens 
So we start off Journey into Mystery 113 with an awesome, big, full-page splash of Thor and Odin aboard a long ship, and they are leading the Warriors of Asgard into battle. And there's some awesome boxes here that really just give a hint as to why we are seeing this battle scene, and it's a lot simpler than maybe you would assume. The first main box says... When imperious Odin commands Thor must obey, thus we find him aboard a giant Asgardian skyship, lending his own awesome might to the battle against the demon men of Jotunheim. And then in parentheses, it says, this doesn't really have much to do with the main part of our story, but you've got to admit, it makes for a spectacular beginning. So Stan is just openly admitting that he just wanted Jack to draw some awesome battle scenes. So that's the first few pages that we see. And then at the end of the battle, Odin tries again to convince Thor that he should not be seeking after the love and the affection of Jane Foster. And Thor, of course, says, Dad, I'm sorry. That's the one thing I just can't do. You know, that's the Ryan uh, layman's terms version of this story. Thor decides to go back to earth and he is going to openly admit to Jane that he is Thor. So that that happens in this issue. Thor admits to Jane that he is Thor and there's a little bit of hijinks that ensue kind of right in the middle of his admission to being Thor. We jump back to a uh, a an investigative uh, you know uh, a recovery of a giant statue. And the statue is none other than the Grey Gargoyle. Yes, from a, from a few issues back in our throwback series, the Grey Gargoyle is back, everybody. And he, uh, he f- gives us a recap of his origin. And we know that he is the villain that Thor is going to face off in this issue. This issue is aptly titled, A World Gone Mad. So the Grey Gargoyle is definitely out for revenge against the hero that really uh, didn't didn't make his debut all that spectacular. We'll put it that way. And then we we jump back to Asgard, and Odin is in a, 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 a he's having a little bit of a temper tantrum. So he's going you know he's going nuts, and Loki tries to sneak in, and you know be that voice that he often is of subversion and uh, trickery. He's trying to convince Odin that he should just, he should just disown Thor. He should, you know, strip him of all of his power. And even Odin is not that callous. Uh, So uh, what we, what we find out is that Odin has some maneuverings going on behind the scenes, But he, for now, is going to strip Thor of his power. So when we jump back to Earth, Don Blake, the alter alter ego, the other persona of Thor, he is going to strike the cane across the ground, and he is going to turn it into Thor to prove to Jane that he is Thor. And when uh, when he stamps the stick on the ground, nothing happens. Nothing happens. He he made these big grand promises to Jane, and and, and then he he couldn't follow through with them. 
he said, I, I am Thor, I am the god of thunder, and then nothing. And Jane actually thinks that he's, you know, maybe coming down with a fever, or he doesn't know what he's talking about, or he's, he's delusional. He wishes that he could be Thor so bad that he just, he's trying to make it happen by sheer force of will. You know, which one of us hasn't done something like that where we want to be something so bad that we almost will it into existence? Don tries it, it does not work, and the Grey Gargoyle shows up at the same time because he knows wherever Don Blake is, Thor is nearby. So he busts through the window, he starts to interrogate Don, and he's trying to find out where the God of Thunder might be. He knows that Don Blake is probably a great place to start his search. Don throws a book at the Grey Gargoyle, and there's a really cool uh, panel where he just turns the book into stone and he chucks it right right back at Don. It's an awesome little beginning to their chase here. Don and Jane get away and the Grey Gargoyle pursues. Now, what I found interesting when we were breaking this down with the Marvel by the Month guys was that Don is canonically at this point a lame uh, a, a lame person. He doesn't walk well. He needs the use of the cane. But he is full-on sprinting in this issue. He is sprinting down hallways. He is running down city streets all to get away from the Grey Gargoyle. And he's doing it rather quickly, which feels like maybe a little bit of of a continuity twist. So just something to keep in mind there if you go back and read this it's not gonna it's not gonna line up with how uh, Stan has guided us thus far with Don and his uh his his circumstances we'll put it that way Don and Jane are running away and the Grey Gargoyle pursues all the while we jump over to Asgard again and Loki is trying to stop anyone from going to help Thor. You know, he does not want anybody to aid Thor in his battle against the Grey Gargoyle. And he tries to he tries to flex on the other warriors of Asgard and command them that none shall go help the God of Thunder against against the commands of Father Odin. So really Loki's enforcing Odin's command, but he's doing it for an underhanded reason. So, uh, you know, yes, they, they've been commanded not to help Thor, but Loki is obviously using it for his own, for his own advantages. I mean, what else would we expect from him? Loki's, you know, he's the God of mischief. What would a Thor comic be if Loki wasn't up to a little bit of trickery? So while Loki has commanded this of the warriors of Asgard, we see one warrior slip through not even Balder can get through, uh, you know, because Loki has commanded Balder to stop. And we know that Balder has a great reputation for helping out Thor. They're the closest of friends. One warrior, though, slips through across the Rainbow Bridge. And we see that on the bottom of page 10. Wow, we jump back to Earth. One thing I like about this issue is the pacing is so great because we're constantly like, this big thing happens, this big thing happens, this big thing happens, and we're jumping from scene to scene to scene. And I think it flows actually really well. I I like it because it almost reads like an action movie, which is just, you know, it's a lot of fun. And the issue feels very short, despite a lot of the, you know, it's got a ton of dialogue, but 
it flows really well because the action is always amping up and we're always jumping back and forth between uh, cool scenes that add to the story. But we jump back to Earth and the Grey Gargoyle is menacing the streets as he is chasing after Don and Jane. He's turning people to stone. He's, you know, he's kind of throwing his own hissy fit right now because he can't get a hold of, you know, the uh, all of a sudden the the Olympic sprinter Don Blake. <laughs> and out of the the back kind of the, the the background of the scene, we see a strong arm out from behind a, a, a city building and it's drawing back an arrow in this big golden bow and the arrow strikes the gray gargoyle and it causes a diversion for a moment so that Don Blake and Jane can get away and Don jumps in the sickest ride that we have seen in Journey into Mystery yet he jumps into a pink convertible Don is a man who is so secure in his masculinity that he's like yep that pink that pink convertible that's mine baby yeah that's my ride that's Dr. Blake MD's ride and he jumps in the car and they run away from the gray gargoyle and the gray gargoyle actually uses the rooftops to bound over and he jumps right in front of Don Blake's awesome pink convertible and the car only lasts like two or three panels because then the gray gargoyle turns the entire awesome ride into stone as he is known to do and don and jane continue their they continue their um their escape on foot which again feels a little bit inconsistent stan uh it feels a little bit inconsistent inconsistent jack that don would be able to uh escape from this villain on foot but i will uh, i will try not to belabor that point any further because i get it you know they're they're just they're just trying to tell a good story i get it you know don't don't let come on ryan don't let the truth get in the way of a great story come on man okay i i i admit i will i will keep my nitpicking to a minimum then the great gargoyle catches up to don he catches up to him and out of nowhere the same hand that drew back the arrow in the bit in the in the golden bow touches thor touches Don Blake so that he can turn back into Thor and Thor goes to town on the gray gargoyle he they 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 punch and smash and hit and Thor then decides that he can use the power of the power of electricity he uses the power of electricity to defeat the gray gargoyle he it does something very odd he punches his hammer through a a city light post and he uses the power of the hammer to act as a conduit that the electricity can flow through and he shoots a beam of of electric power through the mallet and he is able to uh, cauterize the gray gargoyle together that his his arms his arms are stuck to his body and all that's working is his is his head really and he says he can't believe what you know Thor has done to him, and, and Thor's like, "Well, it's my mo. I, I beat up villains. That's my thing." And we go back to Asgard, and we find out that Odin had sent this mysterious uh, helper to uh, to get Thor back his power. Um, another case of Odin just kind of playing games with people. 
teaching Thor some lesson that he had no idea he was learning. And uh, yeah, so Odin was behind it, and he, he still believes in his eldest son, Thor. Uh, as Don Blake goes back, and they, they he and Jane kind of rehash the events of the issue, and uh, they feel safe for now. They feel safe for now. Uh, we jump to our next issue in our throwback series that we, again, had originally discussed with the Marvel by the Month guys. And this issue sets up the part of the recording that you're actually going to get to hear Brian and Rob on. So I will try uh, to summarize this uh, succinctly, and then we'll jump into that conversation with Brian and Rob that I was able to scrounge up and, and, and scavenge together for you. The next issue is the first appearance of a spectacular uh, Marvel villain who got his uh, his origin in the Silver Age. This villain, of course, is Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man. The Absorbing Man uh, has menaced heroes the entire Marvel Universe over. He's fought the Hulk. He's fought Spider-Man. He's fought... Iron Man. He's fought the Avengers. Uh, I would not be shocked if most mainstay superheroes in the Marvel Universe have faced off against Crusher Creel, the Absorbing Man. Uh, so when we when we talked about this on the on the original recording, we had, the guys had a lot of awesome things to say about Crusher Creel, especially because they are a few years ahead of me in my reading. They've gotten to see more appearances of him. They've gotten to see him be flesh out more as a character. Uh, but let's jump into Crusher Creel's first appearance in the 114th issue of Journey into Mystery. It is entitled, The Stronger I Am, The Sooner I Die. And Thor and, and Crusher explained that dichotomy uh, later on in the issue. But this issue was written at white heat with Stan Lee. It was written with purple passion by Jack Kirby. It was drawn with purple passion by Jack Kirby. It was inked with golden serenity by Chick Stone. By the way, I, I love to think that that is Chick Stone's nickname. You know, golden serenity, Chick Stone. I still think it's the greatest name in Silver Age comics. Uh, and it was lettered with the on a blue Monday by Sam Rosen. Again, uh, Stanley having some fun with his letterers there. We jump in on a fight scene uh, just right away. The full page splash is Thor chasing this, you know, this souped up automobile, and there's a spy that he's chasing down. It just says an enemy spy. So we don't know his country of origin. We just know that the guy's up to no good, and the God of Thunder is going to track him down, and he's going to bring him to justice. So the the scene unfolds, and Loki decides to get involved all the way from Asgard. He tries to intervene. Uh, it, it's a lot of kind of techno-babble, Star Trek-y kind of language here. Thor is fighting this agent. Loki tries to intervene, and his intervention does not come to anything. Uh, Thor is able to defeat the enemy agent, and then uh, Loki has to go back to the drawing board, and he decides that if he can't take Thor's power away, then what he could do is he could give another being immense 
power. And that kind of adds to the continual uh, scheming of Loki where he uses other people. He uses his own agents to try and bring down Thor. This is where I think Loki is a lot like a... He's a lot like a 1980s cartoon villain. He has his, his henchmen and his agents, and every so often he gets his hands dirty, but a lot of the time he uses other people to accomplish his mission. And Loki decides to target a prisoner on Earth named Crusher Creel. Crusher Creel is in prison and Loki uh, just uh, through the the power of science and magic he decides to drop something into Crusher's drink uh, that will make him powerful and Crusher drinks it and he immediately goes insane he immediately goes just crazy he's tearing up the mess hall in this prison and when the officers go to intervene they they shoot him with bullets and the bullets cause Crusher to turn into metal. Now, here's the basic power set of the Absorbing Man, of Crusher Creel. He can take on the properties of any material or any element that he comes into contact with. So when the bullets hit Crusher's skin, he is in contact with metal, so he becomes metal all over his his body. So... Crusher escapes from prison. He goes on 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 the rampage. He he says, "I'm it's like I'm like I'm busting out of a paper bag. One once more, I am on the loose. I will be free." So Crusher is really excited to be out of prison, and uh, we're gonna see how he uses his powers in a little bit. We jump over to Don's office, and Don is tending for a man named Hobbs. Hobbs is a reporter there in the city, and uh, he's talking about, you know, this uh, apparently news travels fast in the Marvel Universe because Hobbs already knows about the escaped prisoner, Crusher Creel, and Don suspects that, you know, huh, maybe I should go do something about this. But there Jane reminds him, hey, Don, are we, are we ready for our date tonight? And Don, you know, trying to cover, he's like, oh, gosh, I totally forgot about that date tonight. Oh, dang it. What am I going to do? And he says, um, he kind of he kind of condescends to her. And he says, no, I've got to do research. I got to do research tonight, uh, darling. I'm so sorry. And then he like boops her on the nose, which is super weird. Um, and he turns into Thor and he goes off to find out who this infamous escaped, uh, escaped prisoner crusher Creel is. And he goes to, uh, he goes to an abandoned swamp area. Uh, sometimes in Marvel comics, Stan and the creators are oddly specific but other times they're just very general. So they say, you know, he goes to a, a dark, swampy place. Okay, that could literally be anywhere. Let's assume that he goes to Florida. Yeah, he goes to Florida or he goes to, you know, Alabama, the swamps of Alabama. Or I don't even know if they have swamps in Alabama. If you're from Alabama, I would like to know, do you guys have swamps? Uh, reach out to me at, at Mighty Thor Podcast or on our Facebook group and tell me, does Alabama have swamps? That would be a great little bit of information to know. Maybe we can locate where Thor went to fight the Absorbing Man. That would be that'd be quite a true crime story, wouldn't it? Uh, that that maybe uh, myself and three other people in this world would care about. But yes, we jump into 
the, the, the observing man ambushing Thor. He senses that Thor is very powerful and he immediately goes to fight against the God of Thunder. And Thor is slowly picking up on how his powers work. The absorbing man is, uh, is caught in this whirlwind that Thor has created so that Crusher cannot touch other objects and, you know, and take on their properties. Off in the corner, though, someone shows up. Hobbs, the reporter who was chasing down the story, you know, he's, 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 he's got a hot lead and he's, you know, he's trying to figure out the, the mystery of this uh, escaped prisoner, the, the, the Crusher Creel, the absorbing man. And the oddest panel that I've encountered yet, and I've encountered some weird ones in Journey into Mystery, but this one's really, really odd. Hobbs is off on, off on the side of the fight and he has a box of dynamite with him. A box of dynamite. Now, dear listener, dynamite works <laughs> by you light a fuse, you wait a little bit, and then the thing explodes. It's not exactly a very immediate response to anything. But Hobbs says, you know, because he's traveled all this way, he's got a bum arm, you know, that Don Blake helped him fix. And he says, luckily, I brought some dynamite sticks with me in case I needed them. I want a scoop, and this will be good for old Hobbs. So let's break down Hobbs' logic here. He sees two superhuman, you know, superhuman hero and a superhuman villain facing off in the swamp areas of who knows where. And he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring a whole case of dynamite, a case of dynamite. Uh, not just one. I'm going to bring a whole bunch of dynamite and hopefully that'll keep me safe. You know, couldn't have brought a gun. Couldn't have brought a heck a sword. Uh, couldn't have brought anything else. I'm going to bring dynamite because that feels like the most appropriate thing to defend myself against a God and a, uh, a crazed convict on the loose. The fight Continues and Hobbs decides, you know, it's time it's time to chuck some dynamite into the proceedings. So he chucks a whole bundle of dynamite and Crusher throws it back at him. And Thor uh, saves Hobbs. He saves him from being blown up by his own dynamite. And this gives Crusher the opportunity to run away. Thor is on the chase. And while uh, while they're separated for, for a moment, Crusher theorizes what it would be like to, you know, use his power to be a little bit more ambitious. So he you know, imagines himself stealing a bank. He imagines himself, you know, roughing up some other, um, some other country's military. And then he imagines himself becoming dictator. And there's an awesome little interchange that in his mind he has as, as he's a dictator, the people of this country that apparently he he takes over in his mind say hail our mighty leader all hail the absorbing man so they're being very praiseworthy of him they're actually they're they're supportive of crusher creel the absorbing dictator and he says silence dogs i got something to say okay (laughs) he shut down his supporters pretty quickly Uh, but then he jumps back to the present and the absorbing man is you know he is the prey 
for someone who is hunting him. And that is the God of Thunder. The two clash and they, they continue their fight. Thor is able to electrocute uh, the Absorbing Man, but it doesn't do a lot because the Absorbing Man is kind of on to this dynamic that is going on. The stronger Thor is, the stronger the Absorbing Man is. Hence the title of the issue, The Stronger I Am, The Sooner I Die. And Thor is coming to grips with the fact that he might not be able to defeat this villain And then all of a sudden, as we reach the last two pages of the issue, smoke starts to billow around Thor, and he is whisked away to Asgard. The absorbing man thinks that he has beaten Thor. He, in in his own words, "Ah, I whipped him good, I whipped him good. You know, he's the only man on earth to ever beat Thor uh, so he he celebrates while he kind of makes his next plan of attack. He's going to go get some rest somewhere. He's going to get a, a, some food and kind of celebrate his victory. And then Thor finds out why he was whisked away to Asgard. The other warriors of Asgard inform him, uh, Jane Foster's here and Loki has her captive. And that is the last panel we see Thor riding off on a horse, you know, to to go rescue Jane. And that is where we left off this issue. Now, going into the next issue, Brian and Rob and I uh, continue this adventure with Thor uh, chasing after Loki to rescue Jane. And then we are going to get a conclusion to the fight between Thor and the Absorbing Man. So... Lots of great stuff with Brian and Rob. I hope you enjoy this part of the conversation that we had with the guys from Marvel by the month. One thing that is uh, made very clear is that, like... Like you guys said, Thor's not messing around this time. This is, he's just come from an intense interaction with the Absorbing Man, and you brought Jane into the mix, and that's just, you know, that's a no-no. We don't go there. Uh, But we do move scenes quickly back to Hobbs and Crusher Creel, and we see Crusher show up at this family's, this uh, couple's house, and he takes them hostage. He he's going to he's going to get some food, he's going to rest and it's going to be at the expense of this couple. Few panels that few panels with that and then we just jump right back to Asgard. We jump right back to the fight between Thor and Loki and Odin has had enough. Odin has uh intervened and there he stands, you know, uh, resolute with a a very ornate and very fashionable helmet. Um and he says <laughs> Always, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a staple of Jack Kirby drawing as Guardian Warriors. They've all got to have their own helmet. Uh, <laughs> They've all got terrible neck problems. You've got to have like 12 <laughs> foot doorways. Yeah, or you just <laughs> knock your hat off. But, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll bet you uh, uh, that Odin and Carnilla, the Norn Queen's chiropractic bill, is insane. <laughs> Uh, like so ornate so big so heavy um 
But uh, Odin intervenes and he says, So again, I find my two sons, royal princelings of Asgard, engaged in a private conflict which hath no approval of Odin. Loki in- immediately tries to spin it. It, it doesn't yeah. waste no time. And he says, I wish to spare you, noble liege, knowing how you love the unworthy Thor. Good, good dig there, Loki. I could not bring myself to tell you of his treachery. And he, he tries to spin it that Thor's the one that brought Jane to Asgard, not him. And that Odin should really be mad at his beloved son, who, by the way, is unworthy. Did I mention Thor's unworthy? Um, and <laughs> Odin gets Odin gets pissed. Uh, I love I love when when Jack draws Odin very close up and he draws his yeah. eyes and they're 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 almost like burning off the page. Um, the uh, and then the here the gauntlet is thrown uh, and this will lead to something uh, just you know in a, a few issues. Uh, Odin says, uh, and yet I must believe the evidence of mine eyes. It seems that the god of thunder has finally gone too far. Thus, not remains but for me to order the trial of the gods. So Odin has intervened, uh, guys, and. Uh, I mean, the, tr- the trial of the gods is coming. Um, that's a story that's going to happen in a few uh, issues. But um, how are we feeling about, you know, the, the three main principal characters of Asgard are all in this room. And they're all kind of, they're all doing very signature things that, um, that they've been known to do. Um, so maybe, yeah. let's maybe like dissect their, um, their, rela- their complicated relationship with each other. Because I feel like we get a good snapshot of that right here in this issue. Yeah. Uh, I think Odin, uh, you know, the, the, the weird thing is Odin says, you, uh, Thor, I'm going to give you the trial of the gods. Thor doesn't even blink at it or whine or say, <laughs> Loki, you know, Loki lied. He's just like, okay. Uh, give me, give me a little bit of time to get ready. Like, uh, so Thor's relationship with Odin is, uh, I will listen to you about everything except how much I like this lady. Um, yeah, but I will yep. say I respect you, you know? Uh, and he does, I, I, that's another part of Thor's honor, which we see a lot of in this era, um, where he will just do what he's told sometimes. Um, and and Loki, of course, just got away with that uh, <laughs> as, as usual. He just got in a big fight where Odin had to break a room in half to to break them up, and then lied very quickly as he does, and then tricked his dad, who should be should know more, and maybe does, but is letting this happen because he doesn't have TV. I don't know because he yeah, doesn't have yeah. TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of the, the the thing that is. I mean it. I don't think there's a good way to read Odin here. Either either he legitimately can't tell who he should believe, his son who obeys him in 99.9% of all things and is never less than forthright and honest, or his son who's constantly scheming, constantly lying, getting caught in the act. Oh, uh, yeah. So either he's, an, either he's an idiot or he's he's just playing them off each other. And, you know, and, and like almost encouraging it, encouraging it in a weird way. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's like either way, I I can't find a a way to read this that makes Odin look like a good guy. Yeah. It's, um, we said earlier, he's an inconsistent parent. 
Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's like anyone that has kids, it's like kids, like they, they may not say it, but like they need consistency. Thor and Loki yeah. need consistency. And Odin is not, he's just not the guy for the job. Uh, I even love, uh, Rob mentioned uh, Thor's response to the trial of the gods. I love Loki's response to Thor's response. Where he's, Thor's like, I need 48 hours, you know, let me take Jane back to, you know, Earth and all that. And Loki off panel says, deny him, sir. <laughs> he he <laughs> seeks to escape. And Odin, Odin doesn't even do Loki the courtesy of responding to him. He just says, <laughs> he says, Thunder God, uh, your, your word shall be, your word shall be your bond. 48 hours, so be it. And Loki yep. just sit, he just uh, left there to stew while Thor flies off back to Earth. He puts Jane uh, back in uh, her, uh, her apartment and he goes off to find the Absorbing Man because he has sworn he has pledged to defend Earth and he must finish the fight that he began last issue. We then jump over to the house and I, I definitely want your guys' thoughts and opinions on this because uh, we see Crusher Creel explaining his powers again, but he explains his powers in some of the most ridiculous ways here. Um, yeah. And it just, it, it, it has to be commented on. So he's explaining his powers to the couple that whose house they, uh, he has, um, he has uh, taken over for the moment. He turns into glass when he is hitting with it, when he's hit with a cup. He turns himself into a curtain uh, when he, uh, he he touches a silk curtain and he touches a uh, bronze statue. He turns himself into bronze just to show off his powers. Uh, so uh, are, yeah, are we have... because he says he says, but no guy wants to be made out of silk. <laughs> <laughs> true i mean it's true uh, yeah i mean this is terrifying if I, I was thinking about this like a twilight zone episode or something like if if this guy's in your house taking you hostage uh, it's terrifying but then when he turns himself into silk for a second <laughs> i'm a curtain i'm like okay well i think i can take you now man. Uh, yeah. just fold you up and put you in the closet <laughs> yeah exactly uh, so it, what, what I, what I also love about Crusher is because he's a little, he's a little dim. He explains himself so much. He explains <laughs> his powers and, and I'm sure you guys have seen your fair share of this, that characters in this time in the Silver Age, they explain so much and a lot yeah. of it is done out loud. They don't even yep. do it in thought bubbles. They just they they just are talking out not even their plan, just who they are, what they are what they're about to do, what they might do, what they just did. It's a it's an interesting little um way to communicate information. I I've 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 often thought it's just so odd, especially when you get to a guy like Crusher um uh, where he's just so overt about it. Yeah, that was a thing uh, in the early days of our show when we'd have guests on and, and have them read some issues, even if they were, you know, fairly familiar with comics. Um, the first thing they'd say is like, "There's a lot of word words in these things," and I'm like, "Yeah, there's there's a lot." I mean, this is back when Marvel was still working; um, their artists were still working on the larger size art board, so there was a lot more room for word balloons uh, on the page. So uh, that is one of the reasons that some of these are so wordy. Um, like around 1968 is when they go down to the smaller size art board. And all of a sudden our reading started taking about maybe half or two thirds as long as it was taking before. So um, 
but yeah, so that's, that's one side effect of it. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like Stan didn't realize that there are going to be pictures on these pages as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stan thinks a picture might be worth a thousand words, but a thousand words is also worth a thousand words. Uh, <laughs> uh, cannot be yeah, better said. But they, they also, from talking to Tom Brevoort, we know that they're like, they want to make sure no matter what age you are or where you come into the story, you have your best chance of understanding every character that's in it. And it's still, uh, you know, a Marvel mantra. And uh, you can pick it up, understand and get through the story at least to understand that relationship, whether or not you know everything about, you know, the rest of the universe, which is another <laughs> Douglas Wolk uh, has covered a, a lot about that in all of the Marvels. Yeah, it's a, it's just an interesting conceit, but it's painful and a slog at this point when you have to just read everything. And there's people there. I mean, this is still happening in in 1970 where we're we are now on our podcast, but it's. You know, there's an occasional hero that's just walking down an alley talking about their secret identity out loud. And, you know, <laughs> while somebody's like casing them on a rooftop and you're like, well, that's just a bad idea. Just keep that to yourself, Matt Murdock. Um, yeah, just a lot of stuff. like that. Keep that to yourself, Matt Murdock. I, well, I remember, I, I believe it was, um, oh, I hope I get his name right, but Ibrahim Mustafa was uh, was on your show and he's a comic book creator. He yep. he's he, no he he's written, he's done art and his, one of his first comments was there's a lot of words here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like if you have creators like you know we're not we're not writing war and peace here guys. We don't need this many words. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I just thought, Except I, I think Stan always kind of wished he had written war and peace. So oh my gosh, he's trying yes. to make up for it. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, I will write many war and pieces. Uh, so <laughs> jumping back uh, to the search for Crusher, Thor joins the police who have surrounded the house. And um, the the couple have uh, decided to fight back. And uh, we just get some um, some real fun dialogue um, where uh, I believe his name is John, the husband of the couple. Uh, he, he musters up, you know, his um, his guts. And he, he punches Crusher. He says, you're nothing but flesh and blood right now. And even if you change to TNT, there's dynamite again. Um, <laughs> you can't speak to my wife that way. Oh, John, my darling, you shouldn't, ha you shouldn't have. There's no telling what he'll do next. So he stands up for his wife and she's like, no, no, you really shouldn't have. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to watch you die in front of me. Yeah, like... <laughs> Let's not be so cavalier about this. Uh, I also love that, it, as as happens in the Marvel universe so often, there uh, the police outside are armed to the freaking teeth. Like, yeah. one guy's got a bazooka. They have they have like uh, you know basically a full army. Like they have walkie-talkie phones and bazookas and machine guns. And this is just Marvel cops. Like you're in a you're in the mountain swamp area well that's where all the cops have uh all the gear the finest gear um yeah it's it, it's just another weird conceit of the marvel universe that the you know army can show up with tanks at any second and uh and all the cops are armed to the teeth and in the mountain swamp area i remember there was one there was one issue um of of thor a little while back where a a run of the mill street cop had a flamethrower 
just, how? When, when? When? in like you guys do? Uh, so on Marvel by the month, every month yeah. you do uh, you do history lessons essentially mm-hmm. to jump into the show. When in American history are cops walking the streets with flamethrowers? Uh, just... I mean, I can only imagine that was from his personal collection. So, yeah, he must have. Uh, he probably, yeah, he may have gotten special dispensation to carry that. I don't think that's anything the NYPD equips you with, even then. Oh my goodness! Yeah, in the six one six universe, you know, uh, it, it is fair game to assume that you're going to have your military start to beef up real fast, and every. <laughs> You know, everybody who has to fight crime, just like why they invent shield, uh, you know, we need we need to have everything at our you know fingertips to be able to survive all these uh, crazy metahumans. Yeah, I said metahuman like I'm talking about DC. What? <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, this you didn't know you were getting this, listeners, but this is we're crossing over. Um, so, this this month in Batman. Um, so uh, we 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 come to the the final conclusive fight, and um, and Thor and Crusher they face off again. And you guys might have to help me with this because I reread this multiple times, and yeah. uh, may maybe. Maybe I'm I'm not the brightest comic book uh, fan in the world, uh, but I uh, I do not know how Crusher gets taken care of here because he 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 sets him on fire and then right. he uh, he uh, he ev- he evaporates and uh, then he he starts to turn into all these different things you know uh, metal and stone and wood and then Thor just ev- like evaporates him. Like it turns him into uh oh goodness what was it again I just it turns him into helium it turns yeah. him into helium yeah. right right yeah and he floats so this, yeah, go, yeah. Oh, go ahead I was just gonna say so I mean Thor sometimes is compared to you know he's like the Superman of the Marvel universe um, yeah yeah it's it's not an exact comparison but one of the ways that that comparison absolutely holds up is especially in the Silver Age Thor just shows up with random powers um, that. You know, maybe he uses once and never comes back again. Um, so I think this is, you know, this is a, a good illustration of that. Is that so? It's, I mean, and, and this is another page where you're, you can see that Stan is struggling to decode what Jack has put down on the page here. Um, Absolutely. And so he's doing some sort of like mystical, guru-based transmutation. Um, and uh, whirling the hammer in like an atomic symbol way, which that's right, really that's cool like, art right there. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I just don't know uh, what it means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like you know where the absorbing man was uh, is just like you know the ground is like glass now um, from the the force of it. Um, and uh, yeah, so Thor, he said, knowing that he's absorbed every power, every element he came in contact with, because he was just on an absorbing frenzy. Um, I realized my only hope of beating him was to create one special element, helium. He absorbed the quality of helium gas, and then the absorbing man floats into space. I love that Thor. So Thor shoots first heat, like flame from the hammer. Uh, he does all kinds of stuff like this happens. But then this it looks like Kirby was drawing Thor whirling his hammer to make an atomic explosion. That's exactly what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, because the the ground being glass and all that. So I think that's what the, his intent was. 
And Stan was like, I don't know how this works. Is this like the ghost of the guy? Like, is this the just ghost? kill him? Because the code is not going to let us do that. And uh, also, we can't just have, we can't give Thor the power to nuke people. Right. Like, if, if, if we do that, then we're not going to put that genie back in the box. But he can make helium. Or, you know, <laughs> That's like for parties. Yeah, for a party <laughs> clown. If we give Thor the power to nuke people, we can't put that back in the box. Oh man, that's another sound bite. Uh, so, uh, but but the the threat of the absorbed man is done, and I, I he floats off into space. Now, I know you guys when you talked about this issue on Marvel by the Month, you had a question of jurisdiction here. So if he if he comes back. Is he still Crusher Creel? Like, has he has he you know ceased to be you know um, a man? You know, does he come back and does he go back to? Pr- Who knows? You know, we don't even uh, we don't even know if he will come back at this point. Right, right, yeah, um, yeah. No, he's uh, he's sort of transcended uh, transcended common criminal status at this point. So you know. Um, yeah, to talk about DC again, he's like pretty much phantom zoned at this yes. point. You know? <laughs> exactly. My goodness, so much value in this one episode of Across the Biofrost. <laughs> uh, the the um the issue ends with uh, a reminder that the trial of the gods is coming. And that is how we leave this issue. Thor goes back to Asgard and uh, he he just says as he is um approaching he, he approaching Asgard by way of the uh, Bifrost, he says, Loki will have had all this time to prepare for our trial, and yet I must not waver. Whatever my fate, I shall face it like a god. So next time we join you on our throwback series, we'll actually do the trial of the gods, and that's going to be a a fun uh, adventure, you know, Thor versus Loki. But as we wrap up here with the Marvel by the Month, guys, uh, Rob, Brian, what, what what did you think revisiting these issues after, you know, Having touched them, you know what? Maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. Uh, I I enjoyed it just because it's fun to see Crusher again in the, this state. And as we say a lot on Marvel by the Month, when you know a villain turns into helium and floats off into space forever, um, that's the last we're ever going to see of that guy. And we say about Doctor Doom every time we say it about Magneto because the the characters fully believe that that is the death and end of that. Uh, so it was interesting to have Thor go, we're going to leave him out there. And if he comes back, we'll send him back to jail. And we're like, <laughs> dude, that's not, he could be out there for 200 years. There might not be jail. Uh, so that's 200 years to Thor though. Yeah, it's not that's that true. Big of a deal. Yeah. That's not how floating into space works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. It is fun to go back and, and, and read these um, because, I mean, we're only a few years past this, maybe like five, six years past yeah. the story now. But um, it is just it's wild to see how much Marvel has evolved just in that small amount of time. Um, like I would say at this point, and especially in the 60s, Marvel is changing and growing so quickly. And what they're doing is and, and, and Kirby's evolving as an artist and, and Stan's evolving as a writer. And, you know, I mean, you read a you know, a Marvel comic now that was published in, you know, 2015, it's like, it's roughly the same type of thing, you know, like it, it, there's not really that much of a sea change, but I mean, this is, this is like a whole, you know, like evolutionary step or two uh, yeah. back from where they are, uh, where we're reading right now. So, yeah. 
a very wordy stepped back. Um, yes. So, uh, but I, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, talking these comics. I know um, people need to go check out your show. So uh, just with the last minute or so we have here, I want to give you guys just free reign. Uh, you know, tell people, you know, where they can go to, you know, interact with the show. And I know you guys have a shop as well. Um, so just tell people all the things about, about Marvel by the month. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, you can find Marvel by the month. Um, that's the name of the podcast, uh, basically anywhere you get podcasts. So, uh, just do a search for that. Marvel by the month.com, uh, is our website. Um, and there is a shop link. Thank you very much for that organic plug. Um, but, uh, yeah, Rob, uh, in addition to being co-host, he also composes the theme song and designs our merch and all of our branding. So, which is uh, awesome, by yeah. the way, you guys have great stuff. Thank you. Oh. Thank Thanks. Yeah. Rob's a professional. He's like a legit creative director. So, um, yeah, yeah we, uh, we're benefiting from all them skills. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we got some, uh, some cool shirts in the shop. Uh, I think one of my very favorite ones is one we actually, uh, started selling before, uh, the pandemic hit, but it, it is, uh, I, I think fans of this show would be excited to own this. Uh, it is a Mjolnir, uh, but instead of saying, you know, uh, you know, you gotta be worthy to lift the hammer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what it says, right? You got to be worthy to lift the hammer. Yeah, um, uh, the layman's that, version yeah. of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's a, engraved on the hammer. It says "Stay inside and read comics," uh, which is our personal worthiness uh, mantra, uh, which took <laughs> on a totally different meaning, you know, in early two thousand. But it's on uh, my Christmas yeah, shopping list. <laughs> oh, excellent! Uh, and yeah, uh, Marvel by the Month uh, is our Instagram handle. That's our primary social channel. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's it. And, you know, we've got you know, 100, like I said, 130, 140-something episodes. But um, don't seriously like Marvel Comics. <laughs> don't feel like you have to start at the first one. Um, I would say we've had a, a ton of really cool guests join us. Um, if there's someone that you recognize, uh, I would say just jump into that uh, yeah. that episode. Or, you know, uh, look at, you know, skim through the descriptions and, and find one that, that jumps out at you, a story you might remember or that just looks weird enough to be worth checking out. Uh, and then just dive in there. So, yeah. Well, uh, Rob, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your time. Uh, it, was a, it was a pleasure. I've listened to hours of you guys talk about comics, and it was a pleasure to uh, – get to talk about Thor comics with you guys. So, uh, we'll, we'll shut it down for now. I just want to say, uh, thank you again and we'll see you down the road. Thanks. Right. Brian. Thanks Ryan. That was great. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Across the Bifrost, this special bonus episode, this kind of cleanup episode where we wanted to use this audio that we had with Brian Stratton and Rob Milne from Marvel by the Month. So I appreciate you listening to this a little bit of an odd episode. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a little odd to put together, but I wanted you to enjoy this conversation. I did not want you to miss out on these, these awesome bits of conversation that I had with the guys from Marvel by the Month. So go support them. Go to their website, marvelbythemonth.com. They have a shop there, like they mentioned in the episode. F- fantastic stuff there. I've already uh, I've already put on my Christmas list the Stay Inside and Read Comics shirt. Uh, so hopefully someday I'll be able to model that for you guys on the internet. It won't be that spectacular, but you know, I, I do hope you guys enjoy the um, merchandise they have over there. Uh, just go support them. They are a 
a great group of guys over there, you know, just sharing their love of comics with the world. So go follow them at the Marvel by the Month account on Instagram. And then they have their own Facebook page as well. That's a great way to reach out to them. And it's a great way to connect with them. Brian and Rob do, uh, again, a great job of interacting with fans and their social media is really uh, funny as well. So I know you'll enjoy continuing to support them. Also, go and support this show. Go and support Across the Bifrost, wherever you find great podcasts, on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Tell us what you enjoyed about Marvel by the Month. Uh, Tell us what you enjoyed about The Absorbing Man. He was a big part of today's episode, and he is a persistent thorn in the side of our favorite hero, the God of Thunder, the Mighty Thor. So, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go follow us on Spotify. Wherever you find great podcasts, we're probably there. So go and support us wherever you can. That would be great. And until we uh, we do this again, I really fan, I love talking comics with you all. I hope you enjoy these throwback issues. We got a few more coming up before the end of the year. We got some great guests lined up for those episodes as well. So until we see you again aboard the Rainbow Bridge, dear listener, I encourage you, I implore you to stay worthy.